how do you feel about it? Getting a, getting a start in an important game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it yesterday. This game's not about me, so uh, it's about the team. You know, those guys in front of me, those guys going out there with me, uh, every play are looking to play at a high level, looking to go out and execute. So uh, I'm not going to make this game about me. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. And if you heard about us from Film Study, welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. This show is all about this matchup against Pittsburgh at the bank. Man, anyone who bought tickets ahead of time on StubHub, paying those inflated rates of over 130 150 a ticket for the nosebleeds, I'm sorry, man, but we just got word today a lot of stars aren't going to play this game. Yeah, it looks like there's an article that Ravens plan to sit Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and other starters. And looking through this list of other stars, looks like it's also going to include Marshall Yonda, Earl Thomas, and Brandon Williams. Apparently, I didn't know this, you can only have up to seven inactives for a game. So that leaves only two other starters out of a group of Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley, Mark Andrews of guys who have been a little beat up in the past couple weeks who the Ravens would sit entirely for that game. Obviously, the big name out of that list is Lamar Jackson. Looks like this guy's just going to have to, you know, settle with being healthy and only playing a fifteen game—I uh, mean, a fourteen-game season, really. <laughs> I know. With all the other times he got benched for being too good. Yeah, honestly, I don't think any of those names really surprised me that much. I'm sure Lamar was a little bit upset with Harbs once they finally came to that decision to to bench him for the last game. But I mean, Ingram—we talked about him last episode. That calf injury was a little scary, so we want to make sure that he has plenty of time to rest up, and hopefully, he'll come back strong for us in the playoffs. And then, yeah, Yonda and Brandon Williams and Earl Thomas. I mean, all those guys are vets. They've played in games like this. They know what's at stake. They'll get their bodies right and be able to come back for the, the playoff strong. If I had to guess, I think Jimmy Smith is probably one of those guys, too, I'd consider putting on ice. I mean, he's a, a longtime vet. He played in the Super Bowl with us back in 2012, so he's he's been here a while. Probably like to see him on the bench for another for another week just to make sure that he's healthy because we know this guy's had plenty of injury problems throughout his career. We don't want to risk another one. We'd really like to have him uh, available for another run. The last guy, I mean, I'm not sure who the last person would be, but you know, I'm sure we could pick somebody. I would pick Mark Andrews. He was gimpy at that eighth drive we were talking about last episode, and you guys, guys like Hayne Hurst and Boyle that are ready to step up and contribute, I don't think it's worth playing him. Let him get some rest. I mean, and I'm saying that as a fantasy owner who has a Super Bowl, of all things. Not particularly thrilled <laughs> about it, but I have Ingram dead. I've got Mandrews possibly dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> my team's falling apart. <laughs> and I got uh, I was about to go and pick up uh, Goddard because Ertz got hurt. And guess what? He's taken by a team that's out of the league. <laughs> I'm like, no, drop him. <laughs> I need him. Dude, they're just trying to spite you there. I know. <laughs> Man, I'm in the same boat too. I got in my I'm in a week 17 championship as well and also not thrilled about it. But you know, I've got Lamar and Andrews probably, you know, not getting any points there. And then I've also got Chris Godwin, Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs just hurt. So like oh. there's been my entire team all year. <laughs> Enjoy I don't know second what I'm place, do man. <laughs> and just enjoy second place. <laughs> That's why you don't play week 17. I don't know how it slipped by me. The only reason I'm still in this league is because the the first two years I I got third place, 
And so I was like, okay, so I haven't lost any money in this league, haven't won any money, but haven't lost any because the third place payout was the same as the entrance fee. So I was, you know, I was, I was just like, I'm going to stick around in here till, till I lose money. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I hope anyone had a good fantasy season that listens to the show. It wasn't because of us, <laughs> but um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you had a good season. To get back to the Steelers game, man, what a game this is going to be. Like, I'm really curious to hear what your bold predictions and score predictions will be because we really don't know what we're about to see from the Ravens side. So I think it's best if we just focus on the Steelers. Their season has been a mess. They kind of came in with expectations, lost Big Ben, had a lot of injuries with Connor. He hasn't really played much. Juju hasn't been the same without AB on the other side. The offense in general, they have no they have no course right now. We don't even know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, the Steelers have just been woeful offensively all year. It's just so weird to think that it wasn't too long ago that this team was clicking on all cylinders. We, we were talking about how can the Ravens get an offense that's as explosive as the one with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. But yeah, with all those guys either gone or injured, the Steelers, they've their passing offense is 31st in the league right now, 26th ranked rushing offense. Out of the three running backs that they've cycled through this year, James Conner, you know, Snell, and Samuels, only one of those guys is averaging over 3.9 yards per carry, and that's Connor with exactly four. The other two are at 3.7 and 2.7. Inconsistent wide receivers. They still got one of the best offensive lines in the league, but skill position-wise, they have really been hurting this year. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting. Giving the injury to Big Ben kind of really put a, a dent in their season. And, you know, I think fans there are probably questioning, you know, asking themselves, like, what does this mean for their team moving forward? Because obviously they've they've got some guys, I think, that might need a few more years experience to kind of grow into some of their roles. Some people like James Washington, Deontay Johnson, some of those guys, like they've shown some promise in, in the games that they've had. But because of just all the injuries and particularly at the quarterback position, like none of those guys have really been able to take a step up. I think it's going to be super interesting to see what happens next year to know whether if Ben comes back or whether the Steelers kind of have to start over because you know I think as you know we all know the Steelers don't have a first round pick because they use that to pick up Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins and it's really interesting that you you know you bring that up and I don't think you ever want to trade a first round pick and you guys from what we've talked about I believe are in agreement but what's interesting is that he's really been kind of the savior for their for their season you know with a team with the offense that poor you need a stalwart defense which is what this team has has relied on I don't know if this was the roster you wanted to use a first round pick to to salvage though (laughs) I mean I feel like maybe this team and maybe we can talk about that right now is this a team that if the cards fall in their favor on Sunday and Either the Steelers win and the Titans lose, or the Titans lose and Indianapolis wins, and there's a tie of strength of schedule with the Raiders. That's apparently the other way the Steelers get in. Is this a team that can make a run and be a dark horse like we sometimes see with a wild card team? No. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think so. I, I would say if they were rolling out Mason Rudolph 
you know, or I mean, Duck Hodges, whoever it was, if if they, whoever their quarterback was, could, you know, was consistently good enough throughout the season, then they might have a shot. But because they've gone from one to the other due to injury or performance or whatever it may be, I just don't think they have enough stability at that position just to be able to do anything. And then you add on top of that the injury issues that you've had with James Conner and the you know injury issues and performance issues that you had from Juju. I just there are just too many question marks at pretty much every level of the offense. And you know while their defense is very very good, I don't think it's enough to carry that offense with them. Yeah, you can't trust them to score. The only time you have a team that you'd be scared about with a cycling quarterback like that would be last year's Bucks, maybe where you had two gunslingers that, you know, if they get hot and they're not cold, <laughs> okay, maybe, but these guys aren't gunslingers, right? Like they're just, they're just mediocre to bad. <laughs> you know, they're not, they don't scare you. I mean, would it be cool if the Steelers beat one of the teams that we're worried about, you know, a Patriots or a Chiefs? Yeah. <laughs> like that'd be amazing. I'd thank them. Right. But uh, <laughs> I I don't think I, I can't imagine them having a run because that means they have to come through us and we're just such we're so much more complete of a team. It'd be a, a total embarrassment to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, I bring it up because I have heard from more than one person that can't count out the Steelers because of how good a coach Mike Tomlin is and then how much this this team with their defense has overachieved without Big Ben. It is interesting to see that ever since they lost to the Ravens when Justin Tucker kicked that game-winning field goal in overtime, uh, the Steelers are 7-3, and three, but you look at the teams they've played, and the best win you can say they have is against the Rams in Pittsburgh. And then outside of that, they just lost to the Jets, who we just <laughs> steamrolled on Thursday Night Football. That wasn't even a game. And they did lose to Cleveland. We lost to Cleveland as well, but we were a much different team then. They've overachieved, I guess, based on what you would expect with the quarterbacks they've been putting out there. But at the same time, their schedule, I think it's their record is inflated by a soft schedule. Yeah, I think, you know, and obviously it totally depends on how some of the other AFC teams finish out week 17. But if you had to look at one team that really scared me from a a wild card position it would have to be the titans because i mean the titans can look extremely hot with some of the play that you're seeing from ryan Tannehill. i mean you add in derrick henry into the mix who is one of the league's top running backs i mean you add in some of the weapons on there like aj brown looks absolutely amazing this year Corey davis while he's never been truly like the number one guy that everyone in fantasy has always expected <laughs> he's a uh, he's a pretty good wide out as well and you know even though their defense is yeah, don't is, get uh, me started on 2018 Corey davis <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say 2019 aj brown's been pretty pretty good actually um, <laughs> I, uh, I own a piece of them in our league, but uh, yeah, the Titans, the Titans for me are definitely very interesting. But you know, I mean, yeah, they're they're a team that like they they need to win because you know if uh, if they win their they win their game they're in. But uh, otherwise, you know, you might have another team get in there. But I'd be a little bit more, but a little bit more worried about Tennessee than I than I would this Pittsburgh team right now. You're totally right, Chris. I mean, the Tennessee team. Tannehill has brought a spark to them. They're playing well. If Henry gets healthy, 
He's a guy who's been unbelievable this season. Everything's clicking for him. I'm just looking right now at the Pittsburgh games. Their top scoring all season has been 27 wimpy points. <laughs> That's a bad game for us. I know that their defense is is pretty solid, but in the game that we beat them, we got 26 points. So I would just say uh, that's that's one thing to look at. Their offensive potential is just not nearly as high as ours. The only thing that scares me about this team is we've listed all the reasons why they should be out of it by now. Schedule aside, but still. And yet they still have found ways to to win and stay relevant the entire season. That's the only reason that that they're scary and I wouldn't even say scary, just you don't 100% overlook these guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It would be great if this team could knock out, could get into the playoffs and knock out either Kansas City or New England for us. But it seems highly unlikely and more likely that Tennessee will grab that sixth seed and, and give one of those two teams a run for their money with a red hot trying to get paid Tannehill. Right? I mean, that's what the Titans did. The Titans gave the, the Chiefs a run for their money, and they actually beat them in that one game. Oh, right, yeah. Absolutely yeah, crazy, yeah, crazy ending to that game. I watched the end of that. Man, that was exciting. You're right on the money, Chris. And I think Tennessee, now that's an interesting team, right? Because they beat the Chiefs or New England. If they were to win again against uh, the other team, right? And then we had to play them in the AFC Championship game, Talk about a hot team, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, they they look so dead. And Tannehill comes in, two wins against huge opponents, right? The season's already a victory for them. They're coming in high as anything. I don't want to yeah. see that. I don't want right? to see that that's, either. That's a little scary. <laughs> that's that's something that could go wrong, right? That smells a little funky. But the the Steelers, we know who you are. Mike Tomlin, you can't trip us this time. Lamar's too quick. <laughs> we got oh, you, man. I will say, though, <laughs> to knock Tennessee down a little bit, if we look at their schedule, with the exception of that win against Kansas City, like Pittsburgh, they really don't have many or really any other wins that that stand out. They've got wins over Jacksonville, the Colts, the Raiders, but they just lost the past two weeks to Houston and New Orleans. So mm-hmm. they do look hot, but... Once again, is it the schedule or is it how they're actually playing? Right. Well, let's go back to the Steelers for a second. So I think uh, the quarterback discussion is kind of interesting. So it looks like Mason Rudolph has an injury. He's not going to be playing this game. Looks like he's probably done for the season. So it looks like we're back to Duck Hodges and then Paxton Lynch is probably going to be backing him up. Also, for those of you who haven't been following the Steelers at all, Duck is not the guy's actual first name. <laughs> right. It's Devlin, but he's a uh, a duck hunter, I believe. So everyone just calls him Duck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently the, the last game that they played against the Jets, he was throwing a couple ducks. <laughs> Didn't look so good. I think he threw two interceptions in the first half before Tomlin pulled him for Rudolph. And then Rudolph got hurt, and then he had to go back into the game. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's like... He's looked okay. I'd say out of the two, he's a little bit more of a gunslinger, where the Steelers just kind of need him just to be more of a game manager. <laughs> like, take the easy throws, take the easy underneath throws, don't throw it up. He he just kept throwing up to uh, <laughs> to the jet safeties and making some poor decisions there. So I'd say if we have a good number of our defensive starters in there, we could 
maybe confuse him a little bit and, and bait him into bad situations. But, uh, and then Paxton Lynch, I mean, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, who knows if he's going to see any, any game time this game, but all I know is that he didn't impress all that much. And when he was in Denver, he was kind of the heir apparent to uh, Peyton Manning after he left and he didn't really make the most of his situation there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a question mark for me <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, what sort of quarterback play we're going to get next week. Look at our side of the ball with RG3 getting the start. I'm hoping that we don't throw any picks to this very good Steelers defense. As we have here in the notes, Fitzpatrick and Hayden have five and four interceptions respectively. The pass rush is excellent with Watt and Dupree, 14 and 10.5 sacks respectively. Eight sacks from Hayward. This defense is something to be scared of. And when you have a bunch of backups playing for our offense, at least, it could cause problems. We might not be able to score at the clip we're used to. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we had trouble against this team when we played them week five. Their defense was very, very strong. It was really, really limiting our ability to make plays down the field. They had a couple of sacks on Lamar and, and just generally just made him look extremely uncomfortable. It was probably one of his worst games this season. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried about those guys. TJ Watt in particular, man, that guy's just got a huge motor. It's just all over the field making some big plays for the Steelers. So I'm pretty worried about him. And some of the game time that we've seen from RG3 as well, I mean, he's definitely no Lamar. You know, he might have right. <laughs> he might have been that way in his rookie season way before Lamar even came around. But the RG3 that we have now is just, he's not that same player. He doesn't have that same elusiveness. He doesn't have the same command in the pocket. He's made a couple good throws here or there. But um, it's definitely going to be taking our offense is definitely going to be taking a hit, not only from the Steelers and, and how well they play on defense, but from the step down to RG three as well. So I'm thinking that this game is going to be a lot closer than you know most of our other games have gone this season, and uh, you know hopefully we bring out that 14th win. But if not, that's okay. We got our bye. We'll uh, we'll regroup for the playoffs. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what the Ravens game plan is on offense because it's like preseason for the Ravens in this game you're not playing to necessarily to win you're playing to make sure a that the guys that aren't going to be inactive who are keep guys for your playoff run don't get hurt first and foremost and second off I would assume that the coaching staff would try and get some of these younger guys who have a chance to be bigger contributors but haven't had huge roles at this point to step up, I would expect we're going to see a lot of runs. Ingram is expected to be back by the divisional round, but is he going to be 100%? Are the Ravens going to want to spell him a bit to not leave him at risk for re-injury? So I think we're going to see a lot of Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and maybe not just with the rushing game, maybe a lot of times when Archie 3 goes back to pass, get those guys involved. And then Maybe we see them really try and feed the ball to to Boykin, which was something they were doing in the preseason a lot. Because while Boykin's had a great year as far as blocking's concerned, you know he really hasn't become a reliable receiving threat yet. But he's got the body to be one. He's definitely got a big NFL body, and he's probably not going to be a big contributor in this playoff run. But if there's a chance to get you know him in the groove 
then there's another weapon you've got that teams won't have a huge amount of film on. Peter, it's like you're reading my mind. That's exactly what I think this game's all about. Let's see Gus Edwards and Justice Hill run the rock effectively. Let's see the offensive line without Yonda block effectively. Let's get Hurst involved. Let's get Boykin involved. And that's your offense. I think to a T, that is your offense. The wide receivers, I think you're going to see all of them play, including Hollywood. I don't see them really sitting any of those guys because, let's be real, they only get a couple touches a game anyways, <laughs> even in a normal game plan. like right. They're out there running, but they don't usually get much contact as far as tackles and whatnot. So I think you're going to see that play out. But I think what's honestly a little bit more interesting is when I was looking at the depth chart, and the way we like to cycle guys, I think it's going to be really hard to rest people on defense that you would like to rest. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you go, I would think this is like a really ballsy move. Unless you give like Peanut the mic and give him the microphone again as well, uh, you're probably playing Chuck Clark the whole game. Right. So I don't want to see that, but I don't see how else you get around it. And yeah, it. And just looking at the depth chart, you're like, that that doesn't even look remotely interesting, right? <laughs> like You're like, I don't want to play these guys over these guys. Like It's going to be really rough then. Mm-hmm. So I think the defense in particular, because of how defense is, where you rotate players a lot more, it's going to be a lot harder to play a second team defense. I was brought up the, the depth chart on ESPN.com and like my heart skipped a beat because there's the big red O next to Jackson. And like, even though I know that means he's sitting, I don't like that they have the red O there, which usually denotes something not good. <laughs> well, I think the two things we also need to have happen this game. So we've been talking for, it seems like the last three or four weeks, we've had a, a lot of franchise records being broken and uh, some NFL records upcoming. We only need, I think, 93 more yards to break the NFL all-time rushing yards in a season record that the 78 Pats have set a long, long time ago. So if there's anything that we need to get done this game, it's that Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, you guys got to step up and make sure that we break that record this week. Even though the Steelers' defense is, is very good, I think that's, I think that's pretty doable. I think I think we have a shot at it. I think we have a legitimate shot at it. What do you guys think? I mean, the Ravens are currently averaging 200, just a sh- uh, smidgen over 200 yards rushing per game. I think it'll be a cakewalk. It's going to be tough, but I think they'll do it just because they're so incredibly committed to the run. Yeah, I think just on volume alone, like as a team, they might only average three yards per carry, but if you run the ball 30 times you're getting mighty close to that 93 number there. So <laughs> right. I think at this point, it, it's just kind of just how many times you run, not necessarily how big the runs are. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. But yeah, good point on uh, bringing that up, Chris. That is kind of, on a Ravens perspective, like the reason to tune in, unless you're really excited to see how some of these younger guys produce in the Ravens' seventh preseason game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> can't forget about that extended preseason during the first two right. weeks of the season 
<laughs> oh man it's so much fun doing the podcast with you guys given the fact a lot of people are sitting who are the top candidates well we talked about a few of them but i say all the pro bowlers probably should be getting a rest we had 12 of them this season incredible tying a record with the 73 dolphins yeah like we were saying before the pod that's going to be a lot of uh, roster spots that the NFL is going to have to fill come January if things go as we're expecting. <laughs> right. Well, I got the list up here, so let's just go through them all. So we've got Lamar, obviously. We've got Mark Ingram, Marshall Yonda, Mark Andrews, Patrick Ricard, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Peters, Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker, Marlon Humphrey, Matthew Judon, and Morgan Cox. Fun fact, we've never had long snapper be voted on for a pro bowl before this year that's right morgan cox and all the other guys were talking about in a group text i know morgan cox was a big organizer of getting this vote to happen and it was done exclusively by the players and coaches is my understanding they did not have fans chip in on that just because they don't really know (laughs) long snappers that way yeah i mean let's be fair i mean (laughs) You know, outside of like maybe a couple of analysts, I'm not sure if anybody can really judge long snappers. <laughs> right. I think the thing that stands out to me, I'm curious what you guys think, but three of your four defensive backs are pro bowlers. And I think Chuck Clark is extremely deserving as well to be considered in this list. That right there, I think, explains how this defense transformed themselves. The guys like that allow you to constantly blitz. That's our thing. The Ravens, they blitz more than most teams. And it's not just because we're aggressive. It's kind of because we have to. We don't have the pure pass rushers that can just do it on their own. So we bring numbers. And it's because we have confidence in the back end that we can pull that off. Yeah. And I mean, with this group, it's been a huge turnaround from the beginning of the year. I mean, after that Cleveland game, our past defense was was down within like the, the bottom five of the league. I don't remember exactly what number was the the floor that it eventually sunk to, but the Ravens, with the acquisition of Peters, and even before that, they were starting to shore things up, have gradually been improving the passing rankings, and currently the Ravens sit at seventh in the league, giving up 216.4 yards per game, It'd be interesting to, to compare their numbers against the other six that are ahead of them. And, I mean, San Francisco is at an astounding 165 passing yards given up per game. But I wonder if you look at after week four of the NFL season onward, if the Ravens are a top three unit up there with New England and San Francisco, because it's been hard for quarterbacks to throw against these guys since those defensive adjustments. Yeah, you're definitely right there, Peter. It's uh, <laughs> I feel like it's been a very long time since we've had a lot to complain about on the defense. You know, those first couple of weeks were were pretty rough. You know, I know Alec was losing faith a little bit after yeah. that uh, the first Browns <laughs> game, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. We've we've rebounded and and uh, in a big way. It's just it's awesome to see three of those guys to be able to get that Pro Bowl nod. On the offensive side, it's just great to see. Stanley and Yonda getting their due, and I believe that Zeus Jr. got a nod as an alternate. So, yep, he did. Him and Sam Cook. Wow. So Sam Cook, 
he would have made the wolf pack you know the full wolf pack <laughs> that's crazy yeah. to see as the uh special teamers and then of course orlando brown that's three of four getting consideration i know that Skurl was getting a lot of consideration until he got hurt he was in second place so mm-hmm. holy cow guys like that's that's championship football right there yeah right it's just domination from these players yeah and i was just gonna say about Skura as well and that he he's definitely one of those guys this year who was particularly good if you look at all the centers in the afc and i think it was a uh, pouncey who got the nod again from the afc and i'm pretty sure even a lot of steelers fans would tell you like he got in on name recognition alone this year because he hasn't actually been looking that good particularly the last couple games but uh actually if i if i recall i think he got injured this past week so i don't even know if he's going to suit up against our game yeah it looks like pouncey had a knee injury in the third quarter against the game the jets so i don't know if they've confirmed whether that's anything too serious or not but i mean this late in the season i think he's probably headed to ir yeah, that's hard. Another thing, I'm looking at this article, I didn't realize this. The 73 Dolphins won the Super Bowl. So, like I said, when you have that many pro bowlers, that sounds like a championship team. It looks like the last time it happened, it was. So, let's keep our fingers crossed, guys. This is awesome. So, I still feel like we have to ask the question because we're still not used to the Ravens getting this much love. I know there were 12 Pro Bowlers, and we have two alternates with, at least, with Brown and Cook, but is there any way that anyone on the roster got snubbed? (laughs) So, yeah. I think Brandon Williams is a guy who got snubbed. I think Chuck Clark is a guy. I could see arguing got snubbed, and, uh, you know, it's a weird position, but the second tight end, I don't think there's any better second tight end out there than Boyle. And the way he plays the game. So I think that's an interesting uh, group of people. What about you, Chris? Yeah, probably Brandon Williams out of that whole list. Chuck Clark, I think, is he's had a great season for us, obviously. But um, I, I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of good strong safeties in the league as well. And it, with him, it's a little bit difficult, too, because he plays that sort of dime backer role as well as strong safety. It's he, he kind of plays so many different positions. It's kind of hard to like label him the one particular one and, or not. Brandon Williams, though, I mean, you know, he's been playing really well for a long time. And it's it's really sad for him just because it's going to be really, really hard for him to just get a Pro Bowl. I mean, He's been playing at a high level for a long time. You know, he's had the recognition, I think, this year because the team's been so good. He's still not enough. It's really tough for him just for that. And, you know, again, he's kind of one of those guys who plays really well for how we like to play our defense. We like to have those two big guys to clog up lanes in the middle and to have our linebackers kind of take care of everything else. But he doesn't stand out on the stat sheet. He doesn't get that many tackles. He just eats up blocks. You know, he doesn't get any sacks. So it's, you know, I know Aaron Donald's in the NFC, but he's a great example of a player of like, you know, that's somebody you look at the D-line, you're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I'm going to vote him for the Pro Bowl because he has the stats. He he jumps off, you know, when you're watching the film. Brandon Williams is just a guy that he just doesn't do that, unfortunately. He does his job really, really well, but 
people aren't going to really recognize that. And yeah, Boyle is, you know, Boyle kind of, you know, same, I feel like it's the same as all of them. Like, you know, again, because of how we play offense and defense, those guys are super, super good at what they do. But again, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those positions and, you know, it's part of those roles that they play that is just not going to, people aren't going to notice that. They can't look at a stat sheet. They can't look at at a video online and be like, you know, hey, this is like this guy's like super good. They just want to look at all the catches that you know Kelsey and Andrews have and be like, oh yeah, like that's the tight end that I want. You know, uh, not too many people are going to be super super excited about him. You know, eating up blocks or you know blocking out uh, cornerbacks and linebackers. Yeah, the pass catching guard is not a particularly recommended <laughs> yeah. position. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So now gets the section of the pod where we're going to have to really rack our brains and think about what are our bold predictions for this game. So I'm going to put out something that I think is bold because of how we've talked about how this is a must-win game for the Steelers and how good their defense is. And I really think this number is going to be two, but I'm going to say that it's going to be three because I I don't think two is bold enough. I'm going to say the collection of Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and Miles Boykin are going to combine for three touchdowns. How many points? Uh, I think I'll put five on it. Honestly, man, I love that. I'm going to go six. Hmm. (laughs) I feel like uh, Pat Ricard is going to get a touchdown (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm going to bet on that one. I mean, you know, I mean, who who knows, man? I mean, we only get so much game time with uh with RG three, but uh, I just feel like he's gonna trust some of his uh some of his vet guys to go to in that situation. <laughs> so I'm feeling a uh, a touchdown from either Pat Ricard or or Nick Boyle that might eat into that prediction. So I'm not gonna bet anything on that. All right, Chris. In the same spirit as Peter, I was thinking this is pretty bold. But I think it fits with the previous prediction. I think RG3 throws for three touchdowns. Mind you, we only scored 26 points against this team last time we played them, and we were playing the starters. So I think, and I'm not saying three total touchdowns for RG3 because I thought that was too little. Three throwing. I'm only going to give it three because I think it's pretty bold, but I could see it happening. When was the last time Archie 3 even threw for three touchdowns in a game? <laughs> he certainly was not a Raven. He only had two in all of 2016. You have to 2014, he only threw for four touchdowns. We might be going all the way back to 2013 here. Last time RG3 threw for three touchdowns was November 7th, 2013, in a 34 to 27 loss against Minnesota. Yeah, I'm not putting any points on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to go on that alone, Alec. <laughs> I agree with you. That's a bold prediction. That's it's too bold, bold for me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Chris, you were saying before the show that you, you need to start betting on <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and he's like, these are all too bold. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, hey, who, who, who out of the three of us thought that all three of us were going to get our bold predictions right last week? I certainly didn't. Yeah, considering considering none of us put bet on all three, then yeah, none of us did. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to recap, 
I said that Baker would be under 225 yards passing. He was just under that with 218. I was the only one to bet on that. Chubb and Hunt got zero touchdowns. Peter was the only one to bet on that. And then Ingram rushing for more yards than Chubb. Even with the injury, he was able to pull that off. We all bet on that. Currently, our scoring, if you want to call it that, it's been changing so much during the year. It's kind of whatever. I'm going to leave with four. Peter has three. Chris, you're at negative three. What are you going to do to bounce back here? I'm going to I'm gonna bet a lot of points. <laughs> do, do, we have, do we have a limit? How many points can we bet? Is it just like we can we pick a number? 10. 10? I think we said 10. <laughs> we said 10. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I have to, yeah, I have to say though, even, you know, it, it doesn't matter either way because obviously, as you just said, Ingram finished with more rushing yards than Chubb, but we wrote down Ingram with more yards than Chubb. So I think, I don't know. I, when I was looking at it, I was like, hmm, Ingram's got like 30, you know, passing or receiving yards. I was like, hmm, well, maybe if it came down to that, we can add that in on a technicality. But regardless, it's, it, it's not a big deal anyway, but. But yeah, I can I can wrap this up. So here here's one. I think this one's interesting. So um I'm really liking the matchup with our defense against uh against Hodges or or Lynch or whoever plays. You know, maybe maybe that running back was at Snell, I think. Yeah, like a <laughs> a, a couple pass attempts or something. Uh I kind of like it. I'm going to say that the Ravens defense has more turnovers than we score touchdowns. What? <laughs> total (laughs) how many many interceptions do you think it was going to be man i just i said turnovers i said turnovers so that includes includes fumbles fair enough fair enough (laughs) dude remember this isn't the lamar led ravens offense anymore this sunday it's the rg3 led offense i'm gonna bet seven on that I think honestly, I I don't know. I th- I think that's a good because I mean a couple things, right? I mean, one, I just really like our matchup with our defense against Hodges, and I think the our matchup against RG three offense against Steelers defense is going to be tough. That's that's kind of where I'm at on that one. Let's see. Yeah, that that's a zero for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bold, but I like it. It's because like we don't know how many how good the offense is going to be without Lamar. And this team is just not good at running back or quarterback. So I'm just I'm just doing a math here to see how many points I need to get ahead of Alec. <laughs> <laughs> so Alec gains one point on me if if we both hit on the Justice Edwards Boykin combo, and then if somehow RG three also has three touchdowns. But if he has three touchdowns, then you can assume that we at least had three. Well, you know we had three touchdown so you're then saying we're gonna have four turnovers i'm gonna put three on chris's because i like it but it is pretty bold especially it with wrecks, it wrecks your other bets <laughs> <laughs> they contradict that's why he went with zero he's going all in on this <laughs> wait it contradicts other bets i'm confused here it, it would just be really difficult to get your two bets that you've already bet on because they're offensive driven plus mine because it would mean that the Ravens' defense would have to have like at least four turnovers. Hey, man, it could happen. You know what? I was going to walk it back, but I'm like, nah. I'm, we're going to see turnover palooza as well as <laughs> young guns getting TDs. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I like it. If it happens, more power to you, Peter. I will uh, happily concede first place to you. 
Well, I can't wait to hear your score predictions because I don't know how any of this plays. <laughs> <laughs> I got it last week with my notorious 31 to 13 bet. Look, I don't know how the Ravens win this game. You're playing a B team versus an A team, the NFL. With that said, the Ravens roll because we're at home. 12th man, 24-21, Ravens. Uh, man, I hear you with the B team but coming out with the Ravens, but it, it's the Steelers' current A team is their B team with the offense. And that defense is really good, but I'm going to say it's going to be 22-16. to 16. Ravens win. I'm going to say three touchdowns, a failed <laughs> right. two-point conversion, and a safety. <laughs> God. <laughs> Good <Okay>. God. <laughs> you could have literally said, the Ravens will score one safety as a bold prediction. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. okay. I would have given that All to right, you. All right, man. <laughs> Chris, let's hear it. All right. I'm, I'm going to roll this out. Um, it's going to be low scoring like you guys. I'm going to go 2017 Ravens. Wow. I love the fact that we all think they're going to win somehow. I think this is more my heart talking right now than my my head. I mean, this team just lost to the Jets. Understood. I, I No, it's doable. It's definitely doable. I wouldn't bet on it if it's not doable. I think it's going to be a really interesting game from that perspective. You know they're not going to be breaking out any crazy plays against this team. Let's keep it vanilla. Save it for the playoffs. We'll see, guys. We'll see. Well, that wraps it up for this week's Ravens recap. We've got a lot of interesting score predictions that we'll get to go over next week. And it's going to be an interesting game. It's not typical. I I can't think of the last time the Ravens really got to sit players. And we're already talking about many of them sitting. Who knows how much will come out after we record the show about other players who are going to sit. It'll be a great time for the Ravens to get healthy and just prepare for the postseason run that we're all anticipating in January. Hit us up, feedback at ravensrecap.com or follow us on Twitter, ravens underscore recap. We love to post really cool tweets we see, any memes, live tweet during the game if we're able to. It's a fun place to hang out with us, give us some feedback. Please do leave us a review, tell a friend, tell an international friend. Apparently we got some listeners in Spain. Thank you guys in Spain. You know, that's awesome. That's uh, (laughs) international listeners. How cool is that? We'll uh, reach out to you next week with an episode. Hoping for a Ravens win. Keep the rolling. 12 victories in a row. Can we do it? I hope so. Yeah, I'm smooth. I'm good. You know, got some time. So I'll be ready for the first playoff game. No doubt in your mind, Mark. No, I have confidence I'll be ready to go. Um, Team doing a good job. Training staff doing a good job. Just around the clock treatment, you know, getting it ready to go. So I'm pretty sure I'll be ready to go for that first playoff game.